coming from a corporate background, you know, it's high pressure, mm -hmm. there's long hours. Um, I burnt out, really. Stress-induced gut issues. I knew instinctively that there was something wrong with me, you know, not be able to get out of bed at the weekend, you know. There then I was finally tested for um, SIBO and, and leaky gut. And bacteria in our guts um, can have such a huge impact and, and produce results um, that you wouldn't think of when you think of gut health, like, mm -hmm. you know. The delicate question, does talking gut come up with questions about your poo, about your bowel movements? Is that something that's part of the conversation? Your, your GI tract goes all the way from your mm -hmm. mouth to your bowel. Um, um, our stools can reveal a lot about our digestive health. You know, it's not about being vegan, mm -hmm. chicken or pork or whatever you have on your plate, but also make sure there's a range of um, plant-based foods there. And it's also not about eating, you know, spinach for breakfast, lunch, and mm -hmm. dinner. It's really important. Nobody should be judged for their for, for what they um, eat. So as sometimes I think we kind of glorify like even burnout can be glorified, right? I'm working. We're talking about like there's it can feel a bit overwhelming it can feel like oh my gosh I've got to do this and this and this yeah. and this so again it's just being kind to yourself as well mm -hmm. and seeing what you can figure out what what you can make work you know it might not be oh, I don't have time to go an hour to the gym but maybe I'll walk to work or walk to the coffee shop instead of get 15 minutes yeah in. exactly mm -hmm. just just whatever it is and I you know all through, you know, my adult life, life I've, I've consumed alcohol. When I was younger, I probably you know, binge drink and go out. And just, I guess, as I've been getting older, just naturally, I'm starting to drink less. And something that's, um, I didn't really notice anything from, say, nine units a week or ten units a week mm -hmm. to three units a week, which is a big um, reduction. Like Personally, and I'm just being, when I did, like, one or two drinks a week to no drinks a week, mm -hmm. I noticed a huge difference on, on my sleep. Hi everyone, welcome or welcome back to episode 3 of Figuring Out. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to take some time to reflect over the last two episodes and to share what some of you guys have been sending me. I won't repeat myself. As you probably know, it's been quite daunting starting on this new project altogether, but I do want to say thank you for all your lovely messages and DMs that you've been sending me over the past two weeks. I think one of the first observations um, is that many of you have commented on the reels or the social media and basically have listened to the podcast. But more than that, I've received many DMs from you guys basically sharing how they resonated with two main themes from the podcast. The first one, the chapter, or rather closing the chapter of 20s and, and basically transitioning into this whole um, era of 30s and how you could resonate with some of the pressures, be it male or female. And the second one was about men's mental health and that how that is not so much talked about. So thank you for your support. And if in the future that's something you want to hear more of, if you have any other suggestions for our guests, do let me know. And then moving on to what was a slight win for me, but something that really 
did um, did touch me. I've received a DM from one of you, and I do want to read this out. I mean, I'll read part of it. But someone said to me, and hopefully that person will recognize he, him or herself. Um, but that person wrote to me and said, listening to this right now, I'm loving your topics of discussion and said, thank you for doing these. I've never, ever listened to podcasts ever. Haha, <laughs> you're the first person that got me into podcasts. Well, while I do feel that was a slight win, but more than anything, I'm just so happy that one of you is actually, or at least someone is actually starting to listen to podcasts I'm a sucker for podcasts myself. I'm just so happy that you discovered this whole new universe and hopefully you're getting something out of this. Not just from mine, by the way. Mine is a small beginner podcast, but there are so many great podcasters out there sharing their insights. So I hope um, you enjoy this whole new learning platform. With that said, let's get into today's episode where I'm talking to Louise McNabb, a former corporate lawyer who's gone about to create her own company, Germs with a J, a daily gut probiotic. Louise also talks to us and shares her insights on the importance of gut health and probably shares a few things that you and I didn't even know about. Hey Louise. Hi. Uh, nice to meet you Thank in you. person and also great to have you here. So I'm really looking forward to this chat because selfishly I feel there will be quite a lot for me to, <laughs> to take from here. So for those who don't know you, why don't you give us a background uh, before we get started? Sure. So I'm Louise and I'm the founder of Germs. Uh, we're a new gut health brand on a mission to make gut health accessible. In Great. a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> exactly. And can you tell us a little bit about your background, like where where you grew up, how what was what were you doing before? Yeah, sure. So not that you can tell by my accent, but mm -hmm. I actually grew up in Aberdeen in Scotland. Mm -hmm. um, and then I went to uni in England and then I moved to work in Brussels. Um, and then from Brussels, I moved to New York. So yeah, I've been, <laughs> I've been around, around a bit, which is why my accent is, is quite muddled. Um, but in my previous life before germs, um, I was a corporate lawyer. Mm -hmm. And this is the whole, I don't know if you want me to get into it now, but this is we'll kind of the whole, <laughs> yeah, the whole uh, reason and my experience in my previous career, which really led me to, to start Germs. And that's funny, but um, my name Gemma is, is with a J. Yeah. And the British Gemma is always with a G. Oh, yeah. So every time I go to Starbucks, I'm always precising it's Gemma with a J. Right. And when you, your profile came up and I saw germs, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's germs with, with a G. G. Yeah, exactly. The other exactly. Way um, but it, interestingly, I think gut health to me is somewhat of a foreign concept. And I thought it'd be great to chat to you because I'd like to think I'm someone generally healthy. I pay attention mm -hmm. to what I eat. I, I exercise. I keep right. hydrated, self-care, SPF mm -hmm. and so on. And yet I feel like we talk a lot about the mind, the body, mm. but like gut in itself is not something that's talked of. And I googled the definition and it oh, came okay. up with... Oh, yeah, tell me. <laughs> we, we, we're going to read it together. Yeah. Well, the gut is known as the digestive tract mm -hmm. and it covers the parts of the body involved with food intake and output from top to bottom. Yeah. So that's something that maybe people take for granted. You know, it's all about the food. No one cares about the digestion. So... How did you come up with germs and maybe taking a step back? How did you start thinking about gut health? 
Yeah. So for me, um, it was it was a pretty long journey. So as I mentioned, I used to be a corporate lawyer, mm-hmm. and um, as I'm sure you can relate from a coming from a corporate background, you know it's high pressure. Mm-hmm. There's a long hours. And so um, I burnt out really, suffered from what I later found out was stress-induced gut issues. Long time. And I had to go down this big rabbit hole to actually figure out what was wrong because, you know, I went to the GP and they took my bloods. No, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Yet I was having all these symptoms. um, And now symptoms that you may not necessarily uh, think of when you think of the gut or the digestive tract. So for instance, I had chronic fatigue. Um, I had um, brain fog. I had acne, all these, all these issues. And I knew instinctively that there was something wrong with me. You know, it's, it's not normal, you know, it was in my twenties and to be, you know, not be able to get out of bed at the weekend, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I started talking with, um, well, first of all, I started doing a lot of just research myself and really just even reading scientific articles and things like that. And then from there talking with and seeing um, a lot of functional Mm -hmm. practitioners because, you know, they look at the, they really go to the root cause and they take a holistic and integrative approach. And, you know, they, they believe that our symptoms are connected. Mm -hmm. Um, And from there, then I was finally tested for um, SIBO and, and, and leaky gut. And so I was Mm -hmm. finally able to, to figure out what was the root cause. And so when I did, that really blew my mind. The fact that our bacteria in our guts um, can have such a huge impact and and produce results um, that you wouldn't think of when you think of gut health, like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's anxiety or like I said, acne, things like that. Right. Um, a lot of people who, you know, suffer from issues can relate to this. It's just that relief, actually, when you have a diagnosis of, mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, I knew there was something wrong with me and now finally I'm going to be able to start healing. So yeah. yeah, that's the that's the background how germs came about. I think I think the key message here is that you realized you were suffering from some symptoms, mm. and it's it's quite hard sometimes to pin down what you're suffering from. Yeah, and when you talk to people, what are to so say I was to start thinking about my gut health? Mm. Is there anything in particular that that could be something in my routine or something I'm suffering from where I could go, or oh, maybe that's something to do with my gut? And funny question or a bit delicate question, does talking gut, does that come up with questions about your poo, about your bowel movements? Is that something that's part of the conversation? Yeah. So if we go to the your first question, mm-hmm. um, I think really we have to look at the gut in ter- gut health in terms of overall health. So really when we're talking about, because everything starts with the gut, the gut right. is really our ecosystem our body's ecosystem. So every, I mean, Hippocrates said that all disease starts in the gut and, Mm -hmm. you know, he wasn't far wrong. So really, if you're talking about, you know, certain symptoms or illness, I mean, really mostly they can be um, tracked back to your gut health. Mm -hmm. So maintaining good gut health is essential for overall health. Um, And in terms of, yeah, your second question, talking (laughs) about, um, who, bowel movements, etc. Yeah, I mean, this is th- this is of course linked to to gut health, as you um, read out in the definition. You know, your your GI tract goes all the way from your mm-hmm. mouth to your bowel, um, 
And it's something I'm actually passionate about talking about bodily functions because I think it's so important because mm-hmm. actually um, our stools can reveal a lot about our digestive health. And um, importantly as well, another reason why it's um, it's important to be comfortable with this and comfortable talking about it, whether it's to a uh confiding in a family member or your doctor as well, Mm -hmm. is that um, certain changes to your bowel movements can be indicative of serious conditions, you know, like um, bowel cancer. For instance, if you've got, you've noticed Mm -hmm. the two main symptoms of bowel cancer are blood in your stool um, or if you have loose stools. So if you notice, and this is why, again, it's important to be really in tune and aware of your, exactly Mm -hmm. of your bodily functions. Um, and if you do notice a difference, you know, you can, you feel comfortable enough, whether it's talking to a doctor, finding someone saying, is this normal? Mm -hmm. Um, and if it's not, then being able to, to check, to get it checked out. I love how people in general, um, are passionate about football, traveling, passionate about poo. Is there anything such as a good bacteria or is it more about bad bacteria in your body? So, I mean, yeah, you can identify that there's some good bacteria strains, for instance, you know, they all have the long Latin names like lactobacillus, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But really what the science shows us, um, it's more about um, diversity of bacteria. So what we want to make sure is that we've got um, a diverse amount of bacteria and a diverse amount of strains of bacteria mm-hmm. in our gut that is the most important right. thing because i think if you go to the gp and i think here in london or in the uk quite strict on giving antibiotics or prescribing it generally i think antibiotics um is to some extent well not not promoted too extensively because they could be killing the good bacteria as well in your body right i'm not i'm not an expert yeah. but i think that's that's one of the things that i've heard of yeah exactly so the problem with antibiotics and of course they are necessary mm-hmm. in um certain circumstances but as you mentioned in some cultures they can just be um over prescribed or you know just as a knee-jerk reaction oh you've got this okay take some antibiotics mm-hmm. and the issue is is that they don't discriminate between the good and the bad bacteria they just, they, kill, yeah, they <laughs> just, they just kill it so um yeah and in certain cultures that's why they prescribe probiotics as well with anti antibiotics and actually um the, i think the nhs is also starting starting to do this i saw that they recommend taking a course of probiotics when you start your um antibiotics and mm-hmm. then for a week after but i think you should be taking them um you know um continually on your website and i think it's good that you mentioned that too for our listeners who are not familiar with probiotics could you explain in layman terms what that could mean Yeah, so very basically, probiotics are the bacteria, Mm -hmm. and the prebiotics are really the food for the bacteria. Um, So that's, yeah, just a very simple... Which I'm sure will be very helpful to put that whole conversation (laughs) into into context. And speaking of food and prebiotics, as part of wanting to speak to you, I was listening to different podcasts, and there was one by Dr. Will Cole, who wrote the book Gut Feeling, and I think that was one of my questions, you know, when we were discussing earlier, he mentioned different food practices, like food preferences in general. And one of the things that I found was super practical. He talked about food that you should be avoiding if you want to mm-hmm. control what he calls as 
shameflation. And he mentioned, for instance, you know, cut down on the standard oil, using more like olive oil or palm oil, or like trying to avoid dairy products or cutting down on alcohol because it all leads to like that inflammation. Is there any practical tip that you would like to share with our listeners or general practices that you may have in your, as part of your routine uh, with the intent focus on gut health? Yeah, absolutely. So at Germs, you know, we're very big on um, evidence-based nutrition mm-hmm. and just evidence-based uh, generally as well, because as I'm sure you've noticed, there's um, so much information out there. Um, on the internet and especially on social media. So what we do know um, from science is that there can be, quote-unquote, an optimal um, diet for your gut health, Mm -hmm. and that is based on eating uh, a variety of 30 different plant-based foods a week. Now, I know... 30? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hear me out. I know that's like a huge <laughs> Which amount. Which is a good thing if we can get to it. Exactly. Oh, but that actually includes spices. It includes herbs, legumes, nuts. Okay. So, okay. you know, it's... it's, it's that's doable. It's doable. And mm-hmm. also, importantly, it's not about... Um, you know, about being vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just saying, look, if you've chicken or pork or whatever you have on your plate, but also make sure there's a range of um, plant-based foods there. And it's also not about eating, you know, spinach for breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and dinner. It's really that, and you heard that word now, quite context of gut health, is that diversity of um, plant-based foods. So I would say that really is the is the number one, one thing. Of course, mm-hmm. um, fiber is extremely important in gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of us in the, um, in the UK are actually deficient in fiber. Um, so we, we need to be um, having an uptake in, in fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you mean like the general population? Is there yeah. any scientific? Yeah, no. yeah, abs- okay. yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... So yeah, we're actually as a as a we should be aiming for like thirty grams of of fiber. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that we should be um, mindful of. Um, but again, generally speaking, you know, it's also important to note that everyone's gut is different, um, and so one, you know, one diet won't be yeah exactly mm-hmm. that's that's really important but what we can say is that generally speaking um having that plant-based diversity um in your diet is beneficial for your um gut bacteria and and i think it's a good point that you mentioned that everyone doesn't have to be vegan um yeah i put my hand up and say you know i'm not vegan uh i do eat meat mm-hmm. i don't eat beef and pork i mean growing up religiously but also you know i may have tried it and never liked it so i don't right. eat beef or pork i sort of tried to cut down on meat but i generally do love my meat i think mm-hmm. critics will probably um not be okay with that but i do like my meat and i think i think it comes to when it comes to vegan practices i don't have any i cut i've cut down on dairy so i have plant-based milk so try to incorporate like different bits into mm-hmm. into my routine I'll practice a bit more of a, a vegan habit without being fully vegan mm-hmm. so i think sometimes you know you hear about being vegan i mean cutting down on meat going more plant-based and there's still at a very large extent a portion of the population that haven't fully incorporated all of those practices into their daily routine or aren't really buying into it and that's fine but i think to your point as long as we can we can be mindful of this is the variety of food you should be having to protect your gut health like you mentioned i think that's super important in itself yeah i mean for me i would 
I think it's important to come at it from an intention perspective. It's like, what is your intention behind, um, I don't like to use the word diet, but I mean diet Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, what you're eating. Is it to lose weight or is it to become, you know, healthier? And as you mentioned, there's so many different, um, uh, so much information out there. One person says this diet, this diet, Mm -hmm. this diet. So again, it's super important, I think, to look at what the science says. And so you can say, okay, this is, you know, this is evidence-based and at least then you can make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody, and well, actually I think it's really important. Nobody should be judged for their, um, for, for what they, um, eat. And I think the most important thing is, you know, if you know, okay, this, you know, eating processed food is going to be really bad for my gut health. So yeah, maybe I am going to cut down and have it in, in moderation, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just think it's about, yeah, asking yourself, what do you, you know, what is the reason behind choosing the food you eat and being educated about it, both from a health perspective, but also where it comes from Mm -hmm. as well. Um, so in terms of like seasonality, um, because, you know, seasonality also affects the nutrient content Mm -hmm. of your food. Um, but also if you're talking about meat, I think it's important, you know, is this coming from a factory farm or is this, you know, how was this for me? I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. How was this, um, animal raised or, or, or treated beforehand? I personally think that's, um, that's important as well. Being informed and um, yeah, in this world, I think today everybody's judging everybody, but <laughs> it's just, you know, knowing what, and again, going back to knowing what works for you, maybe a vegan diet works for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I I haven't eaten meat in 10 years or so, and okay. it's really helped me. But for somebody else who has a different genetic mm-hmm. makeup, it, you know, it, it, it might not work for them. Right. So it's, it's really important figuring out. And, and if you're looking at, you know, making these changes or restricting, whenever I hear that people are restricting food, it, you know, (laughs) you have to be careful. So, you know, I'm working with a a dietitian or a nutritionist and really figuring out if that is the right way to go for you. I think food in itself, it's uh, food either fights or feeds inflammation for me for instance everyone talks about oats i absolutely <laughs> love like oats like oat latte or like an oat cappuccino but you should watch me after i've had like an oat latte or have an have had an oat porridge at home it's fine yeah. the bloating that i suffer from oh, really? and i think like i should i've been told like to maybe transition to gluten-free oats now okay. maybe that could be something yeah but isn't oats meant to be like healthy like you've got all its fibers and everything but for me it doesn't do the yeah. trick mm-hmm. right and that's and so that's important that you're listening to mm-hmm. yourself and and noticing um, and noticing the effects that it has. So, you know, just because it's healthy for one person doesn't mean that it's um, compatible with you. Now I have my own <laughs> porridge on the weekend. I'm like, not a work. <laughs> Especially if I'm wearing a tie dress. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast that your mom, you're half Sri Lankan. Yes. Is that your mom? Yes, my mom's okay. from Sri Lanka. Yes. Um, I come from Mauritius and I think with Sri Lanka, my I haven't been, I'd love to visit, but my um, my knowledge of um, Sri Lanka is that it's a very cultural um, mm. cultural place, but yeah. also very exposed to 
different types of food, mm-hmm. spices. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's pretty much part of the food there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been to Hoppers in London. I love that place. Yes, yes. Um, but is there something that maybe, is there something there like growing up, you know, through your mom mm. and knowing like the Sri Lankan cuisine and the spices, is that something that ever fed into your transition from, you know, leaving the world of corporate and then embracing this whole journey of, wanting to know more about food, health, and so on? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, maybe not so much in the diet aspect of it, but in the approach that mm-hmm. I took to healing myself and also actually the approach that is really um, integral in how we operate at germs. And that is about taking a holistic and integrative approach and, yeah, seeing food as medicine as well. Um, okay. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, you know, Ayurveda mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, it wasn't necessarily that that was something that was um, spoken of in the house, but it was just something my mom would do. Like, you know, if she had some indigestion after a meal, she'd chew some fennel seeds, you right, know, okay. like it was just, yeah. you know, th- mm-hmm. things like that. And it was, you know, instead of going to the medicine cupboard and, you know, mm-hmm. taking, um, a pill or something, it was looking at what she had, yeah, whether it's in the, you know, the, the spice cupboard or the food cupboard and seeing what could help. Mm-hmm. So that really um, natural approach and also preventative approach as well is something that, yeah, really um, influenced me. And when I did get um, sick with my issues, I turned actually, when Western medicine wasn't um, helping me, turned and I really embraced um, Eastern medicine because of this whole um, integrative approach mm-hmm. and getting to the, the root cause and um, looking at natural um, natural ingredients and, and food as medicine. Brings me on to germs. Yeah. Your, your baby. Your my baby, <laughs> yes, my your baby. Your project that you've been working on. Yes. Tell us a little bit about germs. How did you come up with that? Yeah, and maybe, you know, before we get to that, maybe tell us about the actual product in itself. Sure. So um, we launched our hero product in December. Mm-hmm. It's called Daily Gut. Um, and it's, I like to call it as, you know, it's, it's much more than just a probiotic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a complete gut supplement. Um, and again, um, it came from a personal experience with me because when I was, um, going through, you know, my, my gut issues, um, I was told, okay, yes, probiotics are important, prebiotics, Uh you need to to take some bromelain, digestive enzyme, you know, you need to take some of these superfoods to help you repair your gut lining. And I was popping pills, like, you know, I (laughs) had two weeks of liberalism. It was, it was, first of all, it was really expensive, let's be real. And it just, it was so unenjoyable. Um, so when I came to creating a product, I wanted something that was really convenient and mm-hmm. I wanted, I think it's, you know, now I'm a founder, it's really my duty as a founder to, um, you know, not to just buy into this whole quick fix and really take this integrative approach and look at what the is research behind yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And how can I make this product go further? So one of the ways is by creating an all-in-one, um, because, it's, you know, probiotics, they're all good and well, but that's just one element. That's just, right, the, the friendly mm-hmm. bacteria. But if you look at the gut microbiome like a garden, um, you know, if you think about you've got the soil, so you want the soil to be 
healthy before mm-hmm. you plant the seed. And in right. this case, in this analogy, the seed is like the, the probiotic. So your gut lining and um, your gut microbiome need to be supported in mm-hmm. order for the probiotic to do its job and everything comes together. Um, so that is why we have these other elements as well to actually work together to support the gut microbiome and to make sure that the, the probiotic as well can be um as effective as possible. Okay. And how did you go about the research part of it? And how did you find, you know, I'm looking at the packaging, we have one in front of us, cute packaging. (laughs) Tell us maybe more about the business journey, like leaving the world of corporate Mm. law and then getting into it. How did you go about the research, finding a person, like what's the production line like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, it you know, of course, it was a um, it was a journey, um, and luckily, I actually I had another um, business before. It was like kind of more of um, a side hustle when I was living in New York, and it was um, looking at um, how. AI can um, analyze stool, actually. (laughs) Um, And through that, I already, like, I was kind of in this um, community. So I knew a lot of people in and experts in Mm -hmm. the digestive health space. And of course, through my own issues, um, I had done a lot of research and I knew what certain ingredients Mm -hmm. um, or aspects worked for me. So again, like I said, I knew kind of roughly what Mm -hmm. I wanted in the formula and I wanted a formula that was just far more than just a probiotic on its own. Um, But then I thought it would be like, okay, well, this, I know this is good for me. This works, this works. And then when, Having you know, tried it. yeah. And then when I, you know, I obviously worked with a team of experts and I realized it's not that simple about just cherry picking the best ingredients because actually some ingredients, even if they're good, they can cancel each other out. Some ingredients make other ingredients work better. It's, it's, it's obviously it's a I whole mean, science. It's, it's, it's a whole science. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so you know, that was really the, the, um, ingredients were really obviously shaped by, um, by the experts. Um, and yeah, I'm really proud of the formula because there is nothing in there that, you know, every form, every ingredient is there with intention. Every ingredient is there to do something and to add something. There's nothing that is a filler, literally, like there's no binders, fillers, mm-hmm. um, anything that's just hundred percent all natural. And it's also, ethically sourced as well. So it's just a hundred percent pure goodness because at the end of the day, we're putting something into our guts. That was another reason I didn't want a capsule as well, you know, cause often the capsules are made from rubbish and then okay. your gut has to break them down as well. So it's just in a powder form. Mm-hmm. So you can add it to any cold food or drink. So the heat will affect the probiotic in it. Mm-hmm. Which is all great. I mean, moving back to healthy lifestyle in general. Yeah. Um, when you hear about practices like intermittent fasting, and I'm mm. not saying I'm for or against it, I think mm. everyone has can have a different spin on it than taking germs or um, probiotics. Is there any particular part in your routine, whether that's like going to the gym, exercising, keeping fit? Is there anything as such that you incorporate in your daily routine? Yeah. So I think you know, going back to the fact that 
gut health is, you know, it affects so many different components of your, of your physical and, and mental mm-hmm. being. So, and that in turn means that all these other components affect it. So sleep affects your gut health quality of sleep. Exercise affects mm-hmm. it. Stress, as I mentioned, is, is a big one that can it just, affect it. You said that was the main one for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So now having known that I'm really mindful again in taking this, this integrative approach. So and particularly now I'm like getting obsessed with good sleep. Okay. Um, How many hours of sleep do you get? Oh, well, I can sleep. I, I can sleep like a baby. I need, I literally need nine is my Eight sweet spot. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I do. I do. And now of course, I think it is so, I mean, you know, as sometimes I think we kind of glorify, like even burnout can be glorified, right? I'm working like, you know, you oh, I'm working a good point. True. Mm-hmm. nonstop. And actually now we know that a lack of sleep, you know, there's some people like, yeah, I only need four hours, but actually a lack of sleep um, directly correlates with dementia and, you know, it's serious issues like that. So it's it's really important. Sleep mm-hmm. is a super important part of um, our health. And it's actually, it's when our bodies get to reset and actually really heal, you mm-hmm. know? That's why when you're sick, you know, everyone's like, you know, sleep, sleep. Because that mm-hmm. is when your body can actually um, heal itself. So sleep is, I'm getting, yeah, really, uh, yeah, obsessed with, with good sleep. Um... And yeah, exercise, of course, is is so important as well. Just mm-hmm. and just moving. And again, like we're talking about, like there's it can feel a bit overwhelming. It can feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to do this and this and this yeah. and this. So again, it's just being kind to yourself as well mm-hmm. and seeing what you can figure out what what you can make work. You know, it might not be, oh, I don't have time to go an hour to the gym, but maybe I'll walk to work or walk to the coffee shop instead of get 15 minutes yeah exactly Mm -hmm. just just whatever it is and Mm -hmm. you know for me personally another element that is so important actually um specifically for my mental health is um getting out in nature now obviously we're in london so it's something i do struggle (laughs) with right um but like when i have time off i really try and prioritize getting out of london and spending time in nature because that really yeah. it calms me down i think it helps reset me and also being around like dirt and like soil and 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 just the outside world is is really beneficial for for our gut microbiome so mm-hmm. yeah that's something that i really that's my favorite thing to do oh, i love <laughs> it i feel like especially now like in london it's starting to get warmer yes and everyone's so. rushing to the parks but <laughs> I think the park is the one thing that I'm super grateful. Like if I were to compare life in, in Paris, for instance, right. I'm like, well, London, we still have our perks. Yeah. But I do hear you like getting out and getting some yeah. fresh air. Like, and just silence. I know. I sound really old now. <laughs> I'm Peace <here>. and quiet. <laughs> I always joke with my friends. I'm like, my spirit age is like 65. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. And, and to, your, to your earlier point, I didn't realize how sleep was to yeah. me. I mean, my routine is pretty much corporate routine, like seven to six. But if I don't get, if I don't go to bed at 10 yeah. and, you know, sometimes you're just there, you want to read, but also you're just spending time on your phone. Yeah, you don't totally. realize how much like you've burned one hour and it's like exactly. already 11, exactly. start sleeping since like half past 11. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's going to be like five hours of sleep yeah. and it's not enough. No. So on the weekend, I try to recover and try to sleep like an extra hour or two. Yeah. But on weekdays, I generally try to force myself to go to bed like 10, half 10. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
And I feel then it just becomes, like I said, now I, I look <laughs> I look forward to, to bed. I'm like, oh, 10 o'clock, yes, <laughs> um, bedtime. And another thing actually that I've been, um, I mean, you, I know you mentioned it before, like one of the things that can mm-hmm. affect health is obviously alcohol. Um, and I, you know, all through, you know, my adult life, life I've I've consumed alcohol you know, when I was mm-hmm. younger I probably you know binge drink mm-hmm. I, I like to party and go out um and just I guess as I've been getting older just naturally because I'm not you know going out clubbing or anything um mm-hmm. I'm I'm starting to drink less and something that's um has been really interesting so I didn't really notice anything from say whether it's, I don't know, I'm just making up a number here, say like nine units a week or 10 units a week mm-hmm. to three units a week, which is a big um, reduction, like right? Thirds of like, yeah, I, the- personally, and I'm just being personally, I didn't really notice the difference. But when I did like one or two drinks a week to no drinks a week, mm-hmm. I noticed a huge difference on, and specifically on my sleep. And I thought that was really interesting. I thought, you know, I've seen something from reducing, mm-hmm. reducing it, but it was actually eliminating it. And I'm not saying that yeah, I'm, I would say I'm like sober curious. I'm really interested in it, but you know, I'm not, you know, if I want to have a glass of cold rosé in the, the summer sun, I'll, <laughs> I'll have one, but I'm not, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not drinking at the moment. And that has had an amazing impact on the quality mm-hmm. of my sleep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just something that I noticed that was quite, quite interesting. I thought. Uh, I'm with you on that one. <laughs> so I feel like alcohol is something that sometimes is part of socializing yeah, because you're at the pub, you, you go yeah. in with your work friends and then you're like, what do I drink? But what I love more than anything is espresso martini. Like my mm. friends know that, and I will, and I would actually enjoy it because I think I like the taste of coffee and right. anything that's like creamy-ish, like Bailey's. Yeah, that will be my Sunday drink. I will have a Bailey's yeah. and like half a glass. But generally, I feel like I don't enjoy alcohol as much as I did, and I don't even know like was I really enjoying it. But I feel like I can see the difference because you get dehydrated, mm. like you wake up, and also you can't go to bed right away feel dehydrated and I can see the effect on my face um how this conversation recently and for me like alcohol gets like it drives like puffiness yeah face yeah so I can see the difference and I haven't cut down completely I'm not like a very heavy drinker Mm -hmm. anyway but I think increasingly I'm like is it that important I can socialize I I am someone who would go to the club and have you know have a good time without having to drink which thankfully I think that's a that's a good thing yeah definitely but um I completely join you on alcohol being part of a driver and I'm not you know incentivizing people to stop or, or to quit but um, I can definitely see that difference in my routine when when I reduce them yeah. or have it in moderation. Yeah, it's interesting to see. Do you miss the corporate world? Um, if I'm honest, I miss the money. <laughs> As a founder, it's you know you're not raking it in getting anyway. Um, no, I don't. I don't miss it at all. But mm. I will say that I'm glad that I did it because it taught me a lot. Um, the main thing that it really taught me is the, the work ethic and mm-hmm. the kind of the dedication to, you'll know this, but you know, it's your, for the client, like everything has to be perfect. Yeah. And I feel for me now it's the customer, right? For my I want everything to be, it will never be, you know, perfect, but as perfect as it be. And of course I'm a, I'm a solo founder. So there's so much to do. So I think having that just from a very early age, that 
work ethic that I had to have is really serving me now as a founder right. when, you know, um, I have to stay motivated through all the challenges, through all the ups and downs. I have to get up every morning and just keep going. Um, so I think, yeah, that's, that's really, um, helped as well. And generally it does, you know, being a lawyer, it gives you some general business, um, skills. Um, but yeah, there is just constant learning. Like, you know, marketing is such a huge part of it. Marketing is like a science in itself. I had absolutely no, I had no experience of it. Also, I had no experience of entrepreneurship either. Nobody in my family was an entrepreneur. Um, so yeah, it's been a huge learning curve for me. Um, but that's another thing actually I love about it because it is so challenging. And I Mm. think just my personality, like I love, I love a challenge and being constantly challenged. Yeah, well, it definitely keeps things things interesting. But you have to be resilient, that's for sure. I think resilience <laughs> is a good point. Yeah. Uh, and it sounds like it's you taking it as a journey when you're learning, but also yeah. you're applying what you may have learned like a couple of months ago. Right. Because I think when you when you got here, you were saying like you were re- trying yeah. to raise funds. Yeah. How did you even get there? Because I, I hear you like being a solo founder. Um, for me, that's that's a podcast and something else probably right. not of the same magnitude as, as your project but doing everything from writing to guests trying to nail down a guest like sorting out their schedule editing like organizing the tech I'm crap at tech right. I'm, I'm like me too even getting the me mics too. is something that you have to learn right and then even before you got here I had an issue I'm like oh does that mean we can't even record like right. things like that being on your own yeah teaches you a lot but it can it be does. daunting Oh, it's, it's so daunting. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a constant learning curve. Mm -hmm. Um, and you have, especially in the early stages, you have to wear all hats and you have to teach yourself about everything. Thankfully, now we live in an age where, you know, there we have, it sounds silly, but it's not, you know, there's, there's YouTube, there's podcasts, there's, um, like I read a lot about marketing. This is something I didn't know anything about. Um, but also something that's been really helpful for me is, um, establishing a network. And I would really strongly encourage and advise any new entrepreneur or any entrepreneur, you know, at any stage of their, their journey is to, um, to, to look for where their, their network is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, we're lucky we're in London. Um, True. there's a lot of, um, communities here. There's a lot of communities of female founders, but they can also be online as well. I just joined actually a community that's based in the U S now. So, you know, it's a, it's a digital thing, but having that, I think that that support and people to lean on because, you know, while your family can be supportive, they don't necessarily they don't know, yeah, exactly know how to help what, what it's like. So having Having that support system and just, you know, whether it's asking advice about a particular issue or just, you know, um, just ranting or just having someone to listen to you be like, oh my God, this happened to me. You know, what am I going to do? And somebody understanding you, it's, it's so important. So yeah, definitely try and, um, yeah, join some local networking groups or, or whatever it is, or reach out to people who've done it before in your space. Um, get a mentor. It's yeah, that to me has been, has been really integral in shaping my, um, my journey into becoming Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. And what do you think was, was there any particular low point? Oh, like all the, (laughs) all the time. I mean, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really just a, a roller coaster of of um 
of things that happen. It can change, you know, mm-hmm. from from day to day. So so yeah, it's um I, I can't think of like any particular low point. I mean it wasn't a time when you know again because I was learning I, I wanted to work with a marketing agency, although it turned out this agency was just one person pretending to be lots of other people to make it look like they were more oh, no. important mm-hmm. and you know convincing me that I did to build something that I didn't need and I ended up wasting money on that. But also at the same time, look, you can't, you know, um, get too hung up on mm-hmm. things like that. Like it happens every week. Now every I'm sure you're like super cautious when you do. Yeah, exactly. Before, it's right? good. You, you learn your lesson and you just got to move on, you know, and that's what it is. It's constant learning curves. So. And before I get on to my last question, mm-hmm. what's the next thing for you or for germs? So for germs really now is, you know, as I said, we just launched a few months ago. So this year it's really to, to scale and get the, um, the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I was telling you before we started recording, I'm um, fundraising at the moment. So um, yeah, uh, it's um, that's what I've got going on. And um, I want to also take germs around the country as well, do some pop-ups. I think, you know, again, it, we can be in this London bubble. Like I want to get out yeah. to different parts of the, the UK. And that's, what, that's one of the things I love about being a founder is actually speaking to people in real life like Mm -hmm. I love doing samplings and things like that and hearing people's instant feedback it's also extremely useful as well especially um in the in the beginning so just getting out there and speaking to people and hearing you know how they react to it and their comments so yeah yeah well I'm gonna buy one I'm gonna try it I'm gonna tell you my feedback uh but thanks so much for sharing all of that and which brings me actually now to my last question customary question on the podcast given the title of the show um what's the one thing you figured out so far or yet to figure out in life yeah, well, I think there's a lot of things I've still yet to figure out for sure. Um, probably TikTok being one of them. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've but, just cycled my stuff from Instagram. Okay, so. okay. But I have to say, yeah. it's more so organic. Um, yeah. Well, more organic as in it's less curated than Instagram personally, okay. I feel. And I think you never know. Like, you can post something today. I mean, that's we, we're getting we, we're going off track. But yeah. It's something that you can post today and like you can just leave it there and then after five days you can keep growing. Well, I think with Instagram, if you don't see the instant like instant likes, mm-hmm. instant reaction, mm-hmm. it just goes quiet, right? I right. think TikTok is less efforts, it's uh it's less curated. I find it more fluid to be fair. Okay, well that's so do- good if it's yeah, mm-hmm. less less formal. Um okay, yes. Need to it's on my to-do list for mm-hmm. sure. Um but yeah, I the things and I think we'll be continually starting to figure out. But I think, you know, one of the things we have in common as humans, um, and this might getting a little deep here, um, oh. but is, you know, we all just want to be happy, right? And I think I'm starting to figure out kind of the the components that um that add up to that. So obviously there's, you know, you could think that health is so important, right? You've got health, you've got money, right? Mm-hmm. That can financial security. Um, but for me, if I'm looking at it where I am now, you know, before in my previous life, I had a lot of fi- financial security. And now as a founder, you know, um, I'm not on the salary I was as a um, being in corporate, but that hasn't actually affected my happiness. Um, I still have stress in my life um, because being a founder is stressful. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the main thing that has changed for me is that I feel really fulfilled now. Like I, Because germs is so personal to me, I feel so fulfilled. And that 
really what I've realized is mm-hmm. something that is really important for me personally in um, being happy. It's, you know, it's not the full picture, but for me, it's a large part of it. And so, yeah, being, being fulfilled for me is, um, is, is kind of everything right now. It's not the full picture, but it's part of it. Yeah. I love that. I do <laughs> love that because I feel like there's so much to be, to be happy for. Like there's so much to be grateful for, but sometimes we're like, oh, that's not enough. Yeah. What's the next thing? So Exactly. Everybody's always chasing the next thing, the next and thing. And I'm guilty of that. I yeah, we, sure. We, we all are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why yeah, gratitude is important. Celebrating. I try and do this now in business, like celebrating even the small wins because oh, it's okay. always like, you know, oh, I just got in here, but now, you know, I need to get in here. And, and there's always something that needs to be done, but it's actually like, I think it's important to be celebrating your goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you've achieved them, um, and yeah, no matter how big or small they are. So. Something cheesy that I started doing, because I know a lot of people write in like a gratitude journal mm-hmm. or something of the sort, but I was going to Home Sense last time and it, I found this like really, it's like a tiny journal, okay. but it's very concise, it's very concise, which yeah. is what I like. It gives you like literally half a page and right. like it's tiny, so half yeah. a page. But it's called the book of small wins of the day. Oh, nice. So you can just like, it barely can fit. Like if you really want to write for the day, it can barely fit. I think it can fit up to like three or four bullet points. Right. But that just takes like two minutes on yeah. my day because I don't like writing a lot of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Bed. That's not for me. So I've been doing that and it's kind of nice to go back to last week or last month yeah. and reflect on some of the things. So Absolutely. It just going. reframes your perspective, doesn't it? Mm-hmm, 100%. It just, yeah. Well, Louise McNabb, it's been lovely talking to you. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's been lovely hearing about germs. Thanks, I will awesome. let you know when I try. I'll give you my feedback. Yeah, let me know. Yeah, <laughs> but good luck for the journey. I hope you expand internationally and do wonderful things. But thank you so much for speaking to me today. Thank you for having me.